Good day. What's going on? Welcome back to episode 13 of the Cox Talks podcast. Last time I said it was episode 11, I was fucking way off. An episode behind, which is just fine. Never thought I would have made 10, let alone going on 13, but here we are. I'm in a high percentile now, kicking out 13 podcasts. Uh, yeah, got some stuff to go over this today. Some uh, Just some trains of thought, you know, I've been thinking about. Well, I've been out in the tractor or driving truck or doing whatever. And uh, yeah, Hero Cookie, of course. And uh, some people that uh, we'd like to sit down and have beers with. All that and more coming up uh, very shortly on the Cox Talks podcast. But first, a lot of people asking me um, regarding some of my statistics as far as uh, podcast listeners and, and things of that nat- uh, nature. Pardon me. Um, yeah, so countries I'm being listened to in Canada, the United States, and Singapore. Didn't fucking see that one coming. Singapore. Um, the United Kingdoms, Australia, and the Cayman Islands. So there you go. Being listened to worldwide in Canada. In Canada, naturally, um, I get my most listeners from Ontario, followed by Alberta, British Columbia, New Brunswick is odd i don't know a lot of people in new brunswick period quebec saskatchewan and and a couple episodes you heard me requesting that uh we get the cox talks podcast into manitoba well we have reached our goal we are in manitoba folks a young fellow by the name of alex jacques 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 plus jacques alex jacques I don't know if I'm saying that right or what, but uh, Alex reached out to me. He found my podcast through uh, the Uncle Hack. Uh, Uncle Hack threw it up on on his story there. I think I mentioned that earlier. And Alex uh, found the podcast, gave it a listen, and he's a big fan. So listen, I wanted to go coast to coast. I needed Manitoba to uh, dial in there. We got we got Manitoba dialed in there. Our boy Alex, uh, he's going to spread the word. And there's, there's a shout-out for you, bud. You're famous. You're on the Cox Talks podcast. Alex, thanks for listening. Thanks for getting me into Manitoba. Also had another shout-out from Chris St. Germain down in Lethbridge, Alberta. Never met you, Alex. Or fucking Alex. Never met you, Chris. Never met you. Got a uh, metal polishing business. Polishes big trucks. Outlaw Polishing, I believe they're called. Um... Anyways, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And that's networking at its finest right there. Thanks again to Uncle Hack um, for just for just tossing me up there on your story and getting me some listeners. Hey, if it's only two listeners, that's fine with me. Thanks for doing that. Down in the United States, the podcast is most popular in New York, Georgia, Texas, Virginia, sorry, West Virginia, and then California. So there, I don't really know anybody at least I don't think I do I don't think I know anybody that lives in those states but maybe I do maybe I don't I don't know but uh pretty cool and and Singapore like I said on the world stage that's very odd the Grand Cayman Islands I know some people there I know some people in the United Kingdom so I'm not really surprised that I'm in there and I got a buddy uh little dick Nick little dick Nick Culleton way down in Australia there he, he's a big fan of the Paul of the uh of the podcast too so Worldwide, the Cox Talks has gone worldwide. Thanks for listening, folks. I appreciate it. Uh, that's that's some pretty good stuff. So, last episode, we talked about people that you wanted to have a beer with. And I did get some feedback. I did get some feedback here. Um, a local guy that I know. 
local to the farming community. His list is, number one, he'd like to have a beer with Augustus McRae. And if you don't know who Augustus McRae is, Google him. He is the main uh, the main character, I guess, in the movie Lonesome Dove, played by Robert Duvall. An outstanding character in that movie. I could see having a beer with Augustus, although I have a feeling it's more going to be straight whiskey. You're just going to sit down like they did in those old westerns with a, with a bottle of whiskey, and neither one of you are getting up until it's gone. And it's probably rot gut whiskey too, like they used to call it back in the west. So I could see that. A lot of cowboy talk there. A lot of cowboy talk there. That'd be a good conversation to get Rolly McFadden in on too. Uh, Wayne Gretzky. Um, yeah, beer with Gretz would be fine. I feel like everybody knows every story about Gretz out there. Now, having said that, if you're going to have a fucking wine, or if you're going to have a drink with the great one, it's probably going to be red wine. Um, from what I've heard, and allegedly, the great one loves his vino. He loves getting into the red wine with the boys, and I think... I think fucking Gretz is a bit more of a piss tank than people than people realize. I think he just loves getting down and getting getting dirty with a bottle of red wine with the fellas. The problem is, is he's under the microscope so much. Anywhere he goes, he's probably really got to pick and choose his spots. But uh, I'll bet you if you get into the sauce there with Gretz. And if I did, here's the thing. If I'm going to get into the sauce with Gretz, I don't even want to talk hockey. Because like I said, everybody knows all the hockey stories about Gretzky. And if you don't, then I, I guess you're probably not a hockey fan. There's 1,015 stories out there about him. I've heard them all. I want to talk to him about his endorsement shit. I want to talk to him about, you know, moving to L.A. and partying with celebrities, okay, and who's doing what drugs and so on and so forth. I want to talk to him about how he landed Janet Gretzky in her prime because let's call a spade a spade. Right around that 87 to... 97 era, okay, it's a good 10 years there, where Janet Gretzky is one of the hottest chicks on earth. Let's face the facts here. Stone Cold Fox, what a babe. I still remember, I don't know if there was a hockey card or if it was in a magazine. Uh, she posed in her, like, hockey. She, she posed in hockey equipment, wearing just hockey, but the base, the base. Like, she was basically naked except for hockey equipment. Or maybe it was lingerie. Actually, I don't even remember. So I just Googled it because I'm a pervert. And yes, it's a picture of Janet Gretzky. She's got a sports bra on. She's got Wainer's gloves, his jock strap, some little bikini bottoms there, and his hockey socks. And man, like I said, what a babe. So yeah, and also I'd like to talk to Gretz about that whole, like, Bruce McNall, because he was a crooked fucker when he owned the Los Angeles Kings there, right? Like, he was making backdoor and shady deals and I, I believe he did some prison time. And you can't tell me Gretz doesn't know about that shit. And Peter Pocklington, who owned the Oilers when Gretzky was there, he was pretty much a fucking criminal too. You can Google that shit. So I'd like to hear the stories. I'd like to hear those type of stories, like the behind-the-scenes story. How much did he really have to say um, regarding his trade from Edmonton to Los Angeles? You know, did he see it coming had it been talked about, so on and so forth. I know there is an E60 documentary about it, but there's a lot of stuff that is probably left on the cutting room floor because Gretz said, hey, you can't put that in because that's going to affect this guy or it's going to affect this or, or you know, whatever, so on and so forth. So that'd be interesting to talk to Gretz too. And Chris Farley. Chris Farley, I kind of think you're just not drinking any beer. It's just straight fucking cocaine all night long. You're waking up. 
in an alley somewhere in downtown Los Angeles with a fucking nosebleed. That's that's what's going on there. Maybe you suffer a heart attack. I don't know. You're just you're hitting the slopes, man. If you're going out with Chris Farley, you're plowing snow all day right up your schnoz. And get into the old nose beers there. Take a nose dive into some cocaine. Yeah. So Chris Farley, but I'm telling you what, you get fucked up with Chris Farley. It's going to be a time. That's for sure. But I also feel like hanging out with Chris Farley, if he's at 10 the whole time, if Chris Farley's at 10 the whole time, I feel like that would get fucking annoying after a while. Don't you? Like, just with his screaming and his um, impressions and just, I mean, you know, for two or three hours, I think it's going to be pretty bomb. But no, fuck that. Not, no, I don't I don't think I could do a whole night of it. But fuck, then again, when you're on cocaine, who knows? I, listen, mom, I know you listen to the show. I've never done cocaine, all right? But, yeah, I could just imagine if you're on cocaine, I guess maybe it's, he's a little bit more tolerable because you're probably, probably doing the exact same fucking thing. Another fella, he got a hold of me, a good uh, good friend, longtime listener of the show. He came at me with he'd like to have a beer with his dad, who he lost at uh, a young age. I, I'd call it a young age. I knew his dad. His dad was a really good guy. I'd, I'd have a beer with old Jim Kane, that's for sure. Um, he'd like to have a beer with his wife's dad. I don't know anything about him, to be honest, but, I mean, most guys are scared of their father-in-law, in a sense, so I don't know. Um, he would also like to have a beer with Beth Dutton. Now, let me tell you, I think it's going to be straight bourbon or tequila or vodka if you're with Beth. And I could think of about a hundred more things that I'd like to do with Beth rather than just drink with her. I don't know. There's something about Beth Dutton. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, just look up Beth Dutton. Google Beth Dutton on Ye- from Yellowstone. Now, something about Beth Dutton. Okay, Beth's not, she's not really that attractive, but they've taken her best features, i.e. her boobies, and they, they're they always flaunting them on the show. But it's just something about her ass-kicking demeanor that makes her so sexy, so desirable, I just, I don't get it. But I'm also a sucker for blondes, so, so there you go. I just have a feeling sex with Beth Dutton is really good aggressive like aggressive like you don't have sex with her she has sex with you you do what she tells you to do when she tells you to do it how she tells you to do it and that's the way it's going to be it sex with beth dutton is strictly for her pleasure not yours okay when she finishes when she's all done and wrapped up that's when sex ends whether you're done or not that's the way beth dutton rolls i'm quite certain of it Someone else came, chimed in and said they'd like to have a beer with Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, you heard me. That 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 was not. That's correct, Jeffrey Dahmer. Now listen, if you're having, uh, if you're hanging out with Jeffrey Dahmer, I mean, you got bigger fucking issues in your life than just having a beer with him. Also, if you're having a beer with Jeffrey Dahmer. Might just want to keep your fucking the palm of your hand over the top of that beer bottle because I don't think it's a beer you're having. I think it's a roofie colada. That's like you're actually not even waking up. You're you're having one beer. You're passing out. Jeffrey Dahmer is cutting you into pieces and storing you in his fridge. So that sounds like a real good time. I mean, listen, if you're feeling bad about yourself and you don't have, you know, maybe you don't have the guts to just 
fucking chomp down on the end of a pistol. I mean, yeah, just go hang out with Jeffrey Dahmer, I guess. He'll take care. You won't even know what happens because, like I say, he's going to slip something into your drink. You're going to pass out. They find you in a freezer three months later. There's worse ways to go. I'll tell you that for free. There's worse ways to go. That one was a little aggressive, actually, with the Jeffrey Dahmer. But, hey, listen, I I got some feedback. I didn't get a lot of feedback, so I got to go with what I get here. Um, My people. My people have had everybody wants to know who my people are. Um, the first person I would like to have a beer with would be Wyatt Earp. Okay, you can say what you want. I'd love to have a beer with Wyatt Earp. I'm obsessed with the movie Tombstone. Who isn't? Kurt Russell, Sam Elliott, fucking uh, Val Kilmer in his prime. Come on, yeah. So, um, Wyatt Earp, and because there's so much stuff in the Wyatt Earp story, like not the movies, in the in, in the real life Wyatt Earp story, there's so much, um, I'll call it mythology because I don't really know what to fucking call it, but there's so many things in his life that nobody really knows if they actually happened or not, and and his account of, of certain stories that are proved to be true, I'd like to get his account of them, like the shootout at the OK Corral, I think that'd be pretty cool to hear, I think it's a pretty cool story how him and most of his brothers were essentially scattered across the American Midwest, and you know, three, um, later on, four of them all convened in Tombstone and basically took it over from a financial standpoint. And I mean, this is back in the 1800s, right? Yeah, everything was either by train or horse and buggy, or if you're close to the coast, it was steamship. So, I'd like to hear like how they orchestrated all that, how they got all that lined up and decided, hey, yeah, Tombstone is the place to be. Let's go hang out there and fucking shoot some people in a gunfight that'll be famous forever. Why not? So that's one. Would love to have a beer with him, Wendell Clark. Being a big hockey fan, you got to pick a hockey player here, Ivy fucking hate the Leafs, okay? I hate Leaf fans, but I'd love to sit down and have a beer with Wendell, and I'll tell you why. Farm kid from Saskatchewan, grew up the hard way, was a real what I call work boot and lunch pail type hockey player. He was a middleweight who fought heavyweights who also scored 300, or 300, 30 goals a season. So, I mean, hockey players like that don't and didn't haven't always come around every day. Um, so I'd like to, I'd like to, yeah, just have a chat with Wendell, talk to him, talk about his story, talk about, you know, who did, because Wendell Clark, when he played, if you go back and watch Wendell Clark videos, the guy wasn't fucking scared of anybody. Wasn't scared of anybody. But there's always one guy. There's always, there's gotta be. There's always gotta be one guy that you're just not sure about. I'd like to pick his brain on who the one guy was that, he thought, ah, oh, you know, fuck, uh, maybe not tonight. I don't feel like getting my teeth punched down my throat. There might not be anybody. I, I don't know, but that's just stuff I'd like to pick his brain about. You know, maybe there was a guy in the league that he just loved beating the shit out of for fun. You know, like there's the old video of him. Uh, I think it was Slava Fatisov when he was playing for um, New Jersey. Was it Fatisov or maybe Konstantinov? or Kassatonov, one of those jerk-offs from Russia, and Wendell just turns around and fucking drills him right in the head, and just the guy just knocked him out. Um, yeah, is there somebody that Wendell just loved beating the shit out of just for fun? Would love to go down that path and pick his brain. And the third guy, the third guy I'd like to have a beer with, Ric Flair. Yeah, 
Yeah, Ric Flair. Now, not Ric Flair now, okay? I want to go back to like Ric Flair circa early 80s. So 1980 to like 1985, you know, back when he was the styling and profiling, Rolex wearing, jet flying, wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, son of a gun. I'd like to go back to those days because as they say, uh, I'm a huge wrestling fan, okay? Big wrestling fan. Um, As they say, you know, a lot of these wrestlers, obviously they play a character. Everybody knows that, okay? But Ric Flair, they say... What you saw on the camera in front of wrestling fans in the ring was what you got with Rick in real life. And the stories about him and and the Andersons and J.J. Dillon uh, when they were running around as the Four Horsemen and, you know, the parties that they used to have in, in penthouse suites, in swanky hotels, and the limos, and the private jets, and the women, and the drugs, and the booze. I mean, it was, it was the guy was on a non-stop party from, yeah, like, 1980 to, like, 1994. Non- and the guy still goes hard, I think, when he gets a chance. But that guy's got to have a million stories about a million people, a million women in a million places. I just think it goes on and on. And the thing is, I a lot of guys like that, I think, are, are full of a lot of bullshit. But I feel a sense of... Um, when Ric Flair tells a story, like, it's genuine. I, I don't know what it is. I just feel like they're genuine stories. Like, everybody's got the, you know, everybody's got a buddy that one-ups yeah, or, you know, he's got this mysterious group of friends that you've never met in some mysterious town that you never really know whether he goes to or not, and they do all this crazy shit. We've all got a friend like that, okay? Maybe I'm that friend in, in my group. I don't know, but... I feel like Ric Flair, it, all his stories are very believable, very genuine. So, yeah, why not sit down and talk about, you know, that there's the story of, you know, he goes and buys a $800 fur coat, so Dusty Rhodes goes and buys a $1,200 fur coat, you know. Um, he goes and buys a Lincoln with leather interior. Dusty Rhodes goes and buys a Lincoln with leather interior and a sunroof. Like, shit like that. And just, like I said, the booze, the women, the parties, the penthouses, the fr- the private jets. Man, what a time to be alive. I'd love to have a beer with Ric Flair. And finally, I had somebody chime in and said they'd like to have a beer with Don Cherry. Now, I don't know if I agree with this. Um, I think I would have liked to have a beer with Don Cherry in the early 90s. I don't think I'd like to have a beer with him now. I think, I mean, listen, everybody loves Don Cherry. Uh, A lot of people love Don Cherry, but they don't want to admit that they love Don Cherry. Don Cherry, I wouldn't go out and say he's irrelevant now. He sort of is. But his last bunch of years on CBC and Hockey Night in Canada there, he got pretty intolerable. He's a little bit disconnected. Actually, not a little bit. He's very disconnected from the game. Okay. Um, the whole shtick of, you know, calling guys by the wrong name and, and just, just his views on hockey. I think the game has kind of passed him by a little bit. Now, don't get me wrong. He does still have some, some, some hard, solid facts about the game, but man, it's nine, it's not 1985 anymore, Don. Okay. Um, I'm not going to get into him getting fired and all that shit. That's nobody cares about that. But having a beer with him, I don't know. Like I sat and and wa- this is a true story. I sat and watched a hockey game with Don Cherry one time. He came to our arena to scout two players that I was playing with. 
um, in junior back in the day, and I was uh, I had a wrist injury. Yeah, too much fucking jerking off, eh? Yeah, I had a wrist in- injury. So, anyways, old Don there, pretty you know, pretty good of him. He sat up and uh, he signed autographs probably for like two straight periods because it's Don Cherry, and this was. Uh, this was around, this was 2000, 2000, 2001. That's when it was, actually. So, you know, I wouldn't say in his prime, but he was still quite prevalent. Um, anyways, signed autographs for two periods. Then he went up into our private music room where, the you know, the DJ plays the songs in between whistles and stuff. And that's where I was sitting. And he came up there and he sat with me. And I just sat and listened to him. I didn't even hardly speak to him. So I'm not going to sit there and say I'm buddies with Don Chair, but I, I didn't hardly speak to him. But I did just sit and listen to him because he was pointing things out about the game and this and that. But I think he's pretty senile now. I think he's fucking losing it. I think he's got a... He's out of touch. You know, it's like when you go to Thanksgiving and you see your grandma and she says some offside shit, you know, just, just because she doesn't know any better and she doesn't really realize that times are changed and shit like that isn't really acceptable anymore. I feel like that's like, like Don Cherry now. So now, no, I would not like to have a beer with Don Cherry. I don't think I could tolerate him. 90 to 97. Yeah. Probably have a beer with Don. And I mean, again, a lot of people know a lot of his stories. So I feel like there's not a lot there to, to sit and listen to that you didn't know already. But I'll bet you I'd like, listen, I'd like to hear some stories about him and Ron McLean in their prime because from what I understand, they used to go back to their hotel room or a bar somewhere and the two of them would just get shittered. So I'd like to hear some of those stories, I guess. And I'd like to hear some stories about dickheads in the media, like behind the scenes um, that maybe he did or didn't get along with. You know, some old hockey guys like Brian McFarlane and Dave Hodge, you know. I've heard some horror stories about those two two guys. Dave Hodge more than Brian McFarlane. Um, if you guys, if listeners don't know who those guys are, just look them up. I'm sure you'd recognize them as soon as you see them on Google. But yeah, those are the, that's the type of shit I'd like, I guess I'd like to sit and listen to Don to, but not now, not now. Early 90s Don Cherry to have a beer with all day. Not anymore. Not, no interest in him. I mean, I'd still shake his hand if I saw him. I wouldn't ask for his autograph. I might ask for a picture, but nah, he's, he's too far gone for me. So there are some people that some of our listeners and myself would like to have beers with. We're going to stick with the beer topic here. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about what your beer choice says about you. Or, you know, you like to play the game. Okay, we played this game, uh, some friends and I. You know, you sit in a liquor store or a beer store parking lot. It, you just sit there like a fucking creep. Yeah. Um, and you watch what people come out with. And you try and guess, you know, you try and give them a life story. Okay, what they do for a living, you know, what their home life is like, blah, 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 by what they carry out of the beer store. So I'm going to try and I'm going to try and get across here what a couple beers say about about your life. Okay, your your beer choice. So if you're drinking a Bud Light, okay, big Bud Light, hey, very popular beer. Every it's a beer for everyday drinkers, right? The universal beer of choice. You buy a case of Bud Light, a buddy stops by, you know, maybe he's an export drinker, maybe he's a fucking Heineken drinker, but a Bud Light is always acceptable. Okay, there's a lot of beers out there. You go to somebody's house and they hand it to you and you're like, nah, fuck, no thanks, I'm driving. Um, but the Bud Lights, okay, the Bud Lights are drank by everybody, mostly just guys that just want to get out, have a couple harmless beers, have some fun, tell some lies, you know. Maybe go to their buddy's backyard and help them build a deck. But actually what happens when you're drinking Bud Light and building a deck, you actually just do more drinking than you do building. 
one guy, one or two guys are doing most of the deck building. Okay. So if you're drinking Bud Lights, you're only there to help build the deck. But the other guys drinking the heavier stuff, typically tall boy Molson Canadians, those guys are the experienced fucking deck builders in the group. Okay. If you're drinking a Molson Canadian tall boy, you've built a minimum of 30 decks. 30. That's the number. So just think about this. You're standing in your buddy's backyard. It's a fucking, it's July 17th. It's a Saturday. He says, yeah, come on over. We're going to build a deck today. And you take a case of Bud Lights. Okay. And you stand out in the backyard with the cooler there and you get your tool belt on and you're just ready to go. Hey, eh? you got your fucking S-wing hammer going there. And guy walks in with a fucking 12-er, a Molson Canadian Tallboys. You know he's doing all the work because he's built way more decks than you. You've built, you know, you're drinking Bud Light. You've probably built three or four. But, you know, total build time on a deck, like, no, total build time on all three or four decks that you've ever built, if you're a Bud Light drinker, it's like an hour and 20 minutes tops. You've built four decks, but you've only really worked for an hour and 20 minutes on those decks because when you're drinking Bud Lights, you know, the stories get flying around you. It's like I said, it's a good time beer. Okay, you're there. It's a universal beer. You're there for a good time. You get away from the wife and kids. You know, you drink five or six Bud Lights. They don't really hit you that hard. You can till, still skin at home. Not a big deal. Don't drink and drive, but you can still have five or six and drive home, but don't drink and drive. You know what I'm saying? Okay, have a couple Bud Lights. Hang out with the boys. Tell some lies. Bud Lights, good after hockey beer too. The Bud Lights... Good after hockey, beer after a sport, slow pitch, fucking bowling, darts, whatever. A nice, cool, crisp, and Bud Lights are always consistent too. Always consistent. So Bud Light, universal beer, really can't go wrong. Everybody will drink it. Even even the most manliest man will drink a Bud Light because it's a because Budweiser is like the ultimate man's beer, right? Like that's fucking cowboys drinking. Fucking yeah, just get a couple Bud Heavies, get a couple Bud Heavies into us and get in a fist fight somewhere. So Bud Lights, you know, they're the relative, obviously. So even the manliest of men will drink a Bud Light. Okay. Now back to the Molson Canadian tall boys here. Like I said, a minimum of 30 decks built in your entire life. And that's that's a lot of decks if you think about it. Building 30 decks. If you're drinking Molson Canadian Tall Boys, there's actually also like a dress code, right? So the dress code kind of goes like this. If it's the summer, okay, you've got a t-shirt on that's got a couple rips in the sleeve. You know, the collar just looks like, what do they call it? Like bacon collar, right? It just goes all fuck. It's been washed 3,000 times. Probably got a couple fucking like drywall stains on it and you're wearing it while you're drywalling there one time. Okay, you know you know what I mean. And if it's the cooler months, if it's the cooler months, you're you're wearing a beat up old fucking like a beat up old hoodie that's it's black. It was black, but it's been washed so many times that it's a little faded out too. Right? And the pocket on the front has a tear. It's got a fucking tear on it, so it just kinda hangs down there a bit. You got a pair of jeans on that the pockets, like you know what I mean. The edges of the pockets are wore out because you've stuck your hands in your pockets so many, so many times. Because you know you took a fucking handful of nails out of the, out of the bucket and you just cram them in your pocket there. Because you don't even wear a tool belt if you're drinking Molson Canadians. You don't have time for a fucking tool belt. You got fucking work to do. All right. 
and you get down to the work boots and they're never tied up. And this is going to be a common theme with some of these beers. Guys that drink some of these tougher, I'll call them tougher beers, they don't tie up their work boots. You just fucking walk around in untied work boots. You slip them on, you slip them off, right? If you're, you know, going in and out of the house and you're putting new baseboards in the basement there for the wife, you just slip them on, slip them off if they're not tied up. And it actually, like, if you're walking around with a nice set of, like, Terra work boots, okay? And they've seen some shit too, right? Like, they're they're not your going out boots, right? Because some guys have a going out pair of Terras. You know, they're brand new, never seen oil, never seen grease, never seen mud, you know. But then they get the pair that they wear when they're working around the house on Saturdays, you know, changing the alternator in the Chevy or putting the baseboards on or you're going over to fucking Clarkie's house to build a deck. You'd get the untied work boots on there. So they're a little discolored, you know, laces, laces all over the fucking place, slopping, heels drag when you're walking, right? Yeah, that's so, yeah. Sorry, back to the Molson Canadian. So if you're a, if you're a Molson Canadian drinker too, okay, you're probably actually the reason you build so many decks is because you probably frame houses for a living, or you're a carpenter. Not like a finished carpenter though. Like you can do it in a pinch, but you're drinking Molson Canadians. You got work to do. You don't have time. You don't have time to be as precise as you need to be for precision carpentry, right? Because you just don't. Fuck it. Like, there's beer to drink and there's work to do. If you drink Molson Canadian, you know, framers, it could be a roofer. Could be a roofer. I feel like a lot of a lot of roofers drink Molson Canadian. Guys that install, like, windows and doors on the side, um, they drink a lot of Molson Canadian. Guys that probably got some tattoos, they definitely smoke. Definitely smokers. All right. They might have a motorcycle, but maybe not. Got a work truck, got a work truck in the work trucks, definitely white, shit all over the place, carpenters, pencils, tape measures, levels under the back seat, fucking extension cords, you name it, that work truck's got it, because you never know when you got to show up and build a fucking deck somewhere, right, or you might drive truck, you might be a truck driver if you're a Molson Canadian tall boy drinker, let's not, let's not, let's remember here too, 9 out of 10 guys that are drinking Molson Canadian are drinking tall boys, they're not getting the short cans. They're not getting the bottles. They're getting the tall boys. Okay, a very versatile fucking beer drinking product. Molson Canadian tall boys. And here's the thing. Molson Canadian is something you don't drink when you're 18. Between 18 and 25, you just don't drink Molson Canadian. You don't because you can't handle it. You're not man enough. It'll make you shit your fucking guts out. You don't, you don't start drinking Molson Canadian till you're 25 and over. And that is a scientific fact. I challenge any fucking kid out there that listens to this podcast that is under the age of 25, go out, buy 24. You buy 24 fucking Molson Canadian tall boys and tell me how long it takes you to get through them and don't fucking lie to me, okay? I was 18 to 25 years old once too, many moons ago. Don't lie to me about how long it takes you. It's going to take you forever. It's going to go in your fridge in your parents' basement because that's where you live. Or you're going to put it in your dad's beer fridge out in your garage. And it's, you know, unless your dad's buddies come over and drink it, it's going to take you forever to drink it because you're going to start off strong. Okay. You're going to get six or seven in and you're going to be like, yeah, fucking cocks. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Fucking love Molson Canadian tall boys. After about eight or nine, you're like, fuck, I can't take 
I can't take any more of these. I just can't. And your buddies are going to stop by and you're going to try and pawn them off on them. But they're going to hear the podcast and they're going to be too smart to drink the fucking Molson Canadian Tallboy. So on and so forth. So there's the Molson. There's the Molson Canadian guys for you. Just just all around good guys. Gritty guys. Grit grinders. You know, grit grinders as they'd say in, in, the, in the biz. Just all around good guys. Guy you want to have on your side in a fist fight too. That's a definite. If you got a buddy that drinks Molson Canadian tall boys and you like you're going to a fist fight some night you know you know you need some backup going to fight this guy in the neighboring town need some backup i'm gonna bring old fucking brent brent drinks fucking molson canadian tall boys let's swing by and pick up brent okay shit gets out of hand i need some backup so those are your molson canadian guys now a little bit below molson canadian but still some pretty fucking solid grit grinders Saw this on the news the other day. My buddy sent it to me. Is a it was a lady, and I don't know what the news story was, but the lady was in the liquor store and she just went directly for a twelve pack of Carling, Carling bottles too. Okay, so we immediately said her husband is probably a mechanic because she's not. Women don't drink Carling beer. If you see a woman drinking a Carling beer, run away fast because. You're probably gonna end up paying child support. I'm just fuck it. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. If a woman drinks Carling, she's gonna make you pay child support. But guys that drink Carling, okay, grit grinders too. Kind of like the kind of like the framers and the roofers, but on the other side of blue collar industry, okay, they're like your your mechanics. And I'm not talking, you know, the fucking guy fixing your Nissan Titan over at the dealership there. I'm talking, you know, heavy duty diesel mechanic fixes fucking bulldozers and excavators and fucking Peterbilts, you know, constantly grease on his hands, constantly in like a navy blue, you know, um, I'll call it like a factory shirt, you know, like a mechanic shirt's got his name on it, like fucking, it's a three letter name too, like fucking Ron or Don or Bob or Bill, fucking Steve is not a three-letter name, but you know what I'm getting at, right? And uh, grease all over the place. Probably, if he's old enough, if he's over the age of 50, because he's a mechanic and he does a lot of just like hand and wrist work and whatever, got the copper bracelet on for arthritis. You guys, you know what I'm talking about, right? You see the old guys out there that have been at it just for years that don't take holidays and they don't know what retirement is and they got copper bracelets on each wrist for arthritis yeah these types of guys right so he's a the guys that drink carling heavy duty mechanics okay maybe works in a tire shop okay and and this is this is fucked i'd never want to work i think i'd rather go to prison than work in a fucking tire shop and if you're a guy that's working in a tire shop that drinks carling you also have a criminal record that's like a prerequisite to drinking Carling and working in a tire shop. Actually, I think it's a prerequisite to working in a tire shop. And again, I don't mean like the tire shop, you know, at like Canadian Tire, you go and get your fucking tires put on. I mean like fucking Bill's Tire in fucking Lucan, Ontario or fucking Farm Fleet Tire Service out there in fucking Mooseman, Saskatchewan. Like those types of places, small town tire shops, you know, where they, nobody wants to be a tire guy. So, you know, some guy did, you know, a year or two for, 
for domestic abuse or maybe some petty theft or whatever. Nobody will hire him because he's a fucking criminal, right? But the guy wants to work. The guy wants to make an honest living, so he takes what he can get. So he gets a job at a fucking tire shop. The guy slaves his nuts out all week long in this tire shop. He goes home to an empty apartment or an empty trailer, probably. And he just gets into a 2-4 a carling, you know, puts his feet up, probably got a dog. Probably got a very loyal German Shepherd dog, you know, got a front stoop, not a porch, not a deck. He's got a front stoop with a single lawn chair. And in the summer, he just sits on his fucking stoop with his dog, Buster, and just fucking pounds Carlings. Has a couple darts. Definitely, guys that drink Carling, definitely smokers. And not high-end brand either. Like, like not Demorier, not Belmonts. Is that, I don't know, is Demorier a fucking, is that a, is that a, is that a fan, say schmack, say cigarette? He's not drinking Paul, or smoking Paul Malls. He's not smoking Belmonts. He's getting the fucking, the Canadian classics. Pick up a pack of Canadian classic browns and a fucking 2-4 Carling for the weekend. And that's his deal. So that's what happens if that's what the that's the guys you're looking at when you're drinking when you see them drinking Carling. Now you know you see a guy drinking Carling, like fuck, wonder what tire shop he works in. And back back to the untied work boots. This guy's wearing untied work boots too, but they're black because he was he's working in and around like grease and oil and brake dust and fucking dirty old rubber, right? But here's the thing about his untied work boots, aside from the coloring. He's had them so long and he's fucking worked so hard that the toes, the toes are actually rubbed right through the material, right? And you can actually see, you can actually see the steel toe. And it, not only can you see it, it's shiny. Like he's, he's been at this a long time and the toes of the steel toe in his boot is actually shiny because it's been rubbing against the concrete and, you know, it's just been shone up. It's just the way it is. You use something long enough, it gets shiny. Everybody knows that. So his steel toes are just shone right up there. And as far as fist fighting goes, I mean, this guy drinking the Carling, okay, he's not afraid to get into a fight, all right? But because of his criminal record, he's really got to pick his spots, though. You know, he'll be out with some buddies one night or something. He's the guy that just kind of sits there, if you know, a bunch of chirping, a bunch of chirping's going on. He just kind of sits there and drags on his dart, right? And he just watches everything kind of unfold. And he doesn't get up and out of his chair until he needs to. Probably just beats the shit out of somebody and goes and sits back down like it never happened. Right? Because the guy did time. I mean, you know he had to do some shady shit in the clink. Right? You know it. So he gets up. He does. Goes about his business in a fist fight. And he just sits down like it never fucking happened. Okay? That's your Carling drinker right there. Tell me I'm wrong. Heineken. Let's look at the Heineken. Let's look at the Heineken drinkers, okay? And I don't like I don't like Heineken myself. I think it's skunky. Um I feel like I'm not fancy enough to drink Heineken. I can't really afford Heineken. Um but I feel like, you know, I'm not worldly enough to drink Heineken. Guys that drink Heineken, I feel like just want to try to impress people, right? Like it's all about impressing people. They think because Heineken is like Heineken is like the first step to getting into, I feel like getting into your, um, like even like a Modelo, I guess. Is that what they call it? Modelo. Okay. It's like the first step to getting into those really high end or even into the craft beers, right? Probably wear, if you drink Heineken, you probably wear a lot of sweater vests. 
Um, you probably drive, you probably have a Cadillac or maybe a low-end Lexus. That's what you drive, like a low-end Lexus SUV. And you really try and stretch out your vocabulary. Like you're one of those guys that wakes up and tries to learn a new fucking word every day. So not only can you impress people with your Heineken beer, you can impress them with your vocabulary and your fucking bottom-end Lexus that people that drive like the top-end Lexuses or I don't know what's above a Lexus, a fucking Bentley, a Mercedes, I don't know. They actually look down on you and they actually make fun of you. But you don't know it because you're sweet and you're better than them because you drink Heineken. Right? And you have an office job. It might be a lawyer. I don't think you're a doctor. Doctors are too... If you're a doctor, you're like a new doctor. Like you just you just started your practice. You're fresh out of university or doctor school or whatever the fuck doctors go and you're trying to impress people so you start by buying a case of Heineken you know probably got a couple Heineken t-shirts in the rotation for summer uh with your pastel shorts I'm guessing and your Sperry shoes your Sperry boat shoes that's a fucking definite all you Heineken drinkers out there yeah I don't I don't really know what to say about Heineken drinkers other than that because I don't think I hang out with any Heineken drinkers I just, they're not, they're not my type of people. They look down their nose at me, but really I know that they're the D-bag. And, you know, if we're having a one-on-one conversation, me with my Bud Light and him with his fucking Heineken, I know that he's the D-bag, but he's too much of a D-bag to realize that he's a D-bag. So that's where I stand on Heineken's. And Heineken, like I said, it's the stepping stone into these fucking craft beers. Like... When did craft beer become such a thing? Every town has 16 microbreweries now that are all essentially the same. Okay. Um, uh, just, I don't even know where to start on craft beers. All I know is you have to ride a bicycle. You have to wear a stupid floppy toque. Uh, a lot of Henley, a lot of Henley tees there. But like off colors too, like army green and charcoal and, you know, you wear a belt made of 100% recycled straws from Harvey's. And they're a granola eater. Definitely fucking eat granola. You either have a thumb ring or a toe ring as well. On guys, probably a thumb ring. A lot of thumb rings. If you look, next time you're at a craft brewery, look around. Guaranteed there's at least two guys with thumb rings. That's a fucking, that is a scientific fact as well. If you're a female craft beer drinker, definitely a toll ring going on there. Um, yeah, a lot of towings. Cyclists, yeah. And then you take your dog everywhere. You're, you're one of these people that buys a dog and you can't leave the fucking thing at home. I get it. Dogs are family. Dog, I, I'm a dog lover. I get it. But my dog's place is at home. I don't take my dog anywhere with me. Some days I wish I should. But you know what? Some people just don't fucking appreciate dogs everywhere. That's that's. I hate to break it to you, but that's the truth. Okay. Uh, craft beer drinkers, yeah, take their dog everywhere with them. Okay, they uh, they they go to the farmer's market on Sunday mornings, and then they go over to the microbrewery to have a, 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 um, a fucking pale ale made with locally grown wheat and barley from Skyreach Farm down there where they also make tea. and Drink this tea, and it'll make your fucking genital warts go away or something i don't know if i i don't drink craft beer i've fucking said it plenty of times. i don't like drinking my beer with a spoon and a fork and a knife on a plate 
So, but I just craft beer, guys. And listen, some people like crack, crack, crap beers. Yeah. Some people like crap beers, a.k.a. craft beers. And they're your normal everyday guy. They're just beer fans. Okay. But the people that actually live and breathe and drive around from craft brewery to craft brewery to craft brewery and all oh, this is a real hoppy taste and this has a light finish and this has a fucking real oaky smoky aroma to it shut the fuck up just drink your beer okay nobody cares all right drink your beer wear your floppy toque grow your beard out i have a beard too whatever grow your beard eat your organic fucking celery and just shut the fuck up okay nobody likes you fact another pretty popular beer and uh, i don't know what happened here coors light okay so coors light i grew up on coors light when i started drinking beer that's all we drank was coors light and and i don't know when i don't know how actually i I think i know what happened but i grew up on coors light coors light is a lot like bud light except coors light is a wannabe so Okay, back to the building a deck at your buddy's house. Your buddy says, yeah, come on over. We'll build a fucking deck. I'll buy some pizza and beer. He buys Coors Light. Okay, if if you're buying beer to host a party and you're a bit of a fucking cheap prick, you buy Coors Light. And Coors Light, again, I don't know what happened. I remember being young and that's all we ever drank. That's all we ever drank was Coors Light. Coors like fucking water to us. And then something changed. And I think... I think it was Bud Light's marketing, to be honest. I don't even remember Bud Light really being an option when I was younger. Budweiser definitely was, but Bud Light wasn't. And then they came out with that big marketing campaign, and I don't know if you guys remember, but it had the African-American guy come on, and he always would say at the end of the commercial, this calls for a Bud Light. And that's when Bud Light got really popular, and I think people started buying it, and people started realizing that, hey, this is actually a lot better than Coors Light. And I think the Bud Light change for me, uh, the change to Bud Light, happened when I went to Alberta because Bud Light was fucked. Like, Coors Light basically doesn't even exist in Alberta. Coors Original does, but Coors Light doesn't. Nobody drinks it because it's fucking disgusting. It's gross. So, Coors Light guys are like they're, you know, they never lost their virginity till university kind of deal. Like, the guys that are just, like, the guys that drink it now. Again, I lost my virginity a long time before university, so it's a little bit contradictory there. But now, the guys that drink it now never lost their virginity till university, maybe later. Probably never had their first beer till they went to university. They drive small cars, like four-door like like sports cars, like a, I don't know, like a, a Hyundai Accent, which is actually a hatchback, but... That's like the type of shit they drive or like Ford Ranger trucks. If you drink Coors Light religiously, you, you drive a Ford Ranger for sure. It's a fucking Ford Ranger. You drive Ford Ranger for sure. And it's, ooh, this is a tough one. Like for jobs, you're probably an office guy, but you're kind of, you're probably, you, oh, fuck, I don't know. You're like, um, you're like low level management, okay, or a junior salesman. Right. And, you know, you take somebody out for lunch, I guess, and you want to have a beer so that you look kind of like a man. But you're like, fuck, I'm driving the company vehicle. I I can't be drinking and driving. I'll, I'll, I know what I'll do. I'll have a Coors Light. And that way they can't see my tampon while I'm drinking it. And <laughs> so like, fuck, I don't know it. I just I feel like 
like Bud Light guys are good at partying. Okay, guys that drink Bud Light religiously, they're very good at partying. That's just the way it is. If you drink Coors Light, you want to be good at partying, but you're such a fucking nerd that you physically don't know how. You drink eight Coors Light and you're just bombed and you're taking your shirt off, right? Or if you're at a wedding, this is you. If you drink Coors Light and you go to a wedding and you're the guy that gets drunk at a wedding when you're 32 off Coors Light, you're the guy that puts the tie around his head. Like Will Smith in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You put your tie on your head and you dance around like you're so funny because you have your tie. That's Those are the guys that drink Coors Light. And you know, every fucking wedding has one. Back when we used to be able to go to weddings, every wedding has a guy like that. Well, bet your bottom dollar that guy's pounding the Coors Light. And finally, we're going to do one more here. We're going to talk about Corona. Not the virus. Fuck that. Can you get coronavirus from drinking Corona? <laughs> yeah, sweet joke. No, you can't. Corona drinkers. Okay, Corona, everybody knows. Corona's a summer beer, right? You get the lime in there. A lot of guys that drink Corona beers wearing muscle shirts, for sure. Muscle shirts and backwards hats. They're probably, probably in pretty good shape. Like, they work out a lot. Backwards hat, sunglasses. Short shorts. You know, guys are wearing those, like, I think they call them stubbies, maybe. I don't know, but they're just, fashion's changing all the fucking time. I can't keep up to it. I'm still wearing cargo shorts everywhere I go, so. But you know what I mean. They're wearing, like, uh, some shorter shorts, and they're wearing, like, the uh, Adidas Stan Smiths with their socks pulled up above their ankles. This seems to be the fashion hour. I've seen kids wearing, like, uh, flip-flops with their socks pulled up. Um... And they're having a good time, okay? There's nothing wrong with having a nice cold Corona on a summer day. Very well enjoyed at a beach. These guys in their muscle shirts and their shorts. They're probably on a on a on a deck at someone's house overlooking a like a not like not like a lake. If it's a lake, it's like uh it's like fucking Lake Ontario, okay? They're in like Point Pelee look overlooking Lake Erie or they're in fucking uh, Thousand Islands. That's what I'm looking for. They're down in the Thousand Islands. Down in the Thousand Islands here in Ontario. And they probably come from a family with money too. They're staying at somebody's summer house. This And it's, it's a younger crowd. It's always a younger crowd drinking Corona. They're staying at a family friend's house or, you know, a buddy's parent's house who are probably rich too. Okay. And there's a nice boat down at the dock, right? And they're just having a time. There's not there's a lot of probably some of the, those uh, Edison lights, like the patio lights that everybody's into now, putting around their patios and their decks. Definitely a string of those hanging out. And they're just having a good time. They're harmless, right? They're harmless. They're going to keep to themselves because they are a bit snotty. They're a bit snotty if they're drinking Corona because they work out and they have sweet muscle shirts on. Okay. But uh, they're a little bit snotty and they, they stick to themselves. They're harmless. I don't mind a cold Corona. It's it's different. Actually, I heard, and I don't know if there's any truth to this. Corona is brewed with corn, so if you have uh, if you're intolerant to gluten, Corona is a good beer of choice for you because there's no gluten in corn. It's like uh, having a Budweiser because there's you know Budweiser is brewed with rice. Is it not? I don't know. But the Corona drinkers, they're just all around good. They're just all around trying to have a good time. Okay, that's the way it is. They're trying to look good, feel good, drink good. Is that a thing? I don't know. 
Nothing wrong with Corona drinkers. I feel like I ran out of steam on that one. But hey, listen, if there is more listener feedback here, if there's a beer out there that you want me to break down what your stereotypical guy who drinks Budweiser or who drinks Molson Export or Labatt's Blue, who fuck who we kid, nobody drinks Labatt's products. But if there's a beer out there that you want me to break it down on what the guy looks like drinking beer X, send that beer to me. I'll try and come up with something over the next couple episodes uh, and we'll go from there. Finally, Hero Cookie of the Week, the final segment here on the Cox Talks podcast. Always seem to find these fucking losers on Facebook for some reason. So the other day there was an article um, and it, it was local. It was a local article and it was talking about the lack, basically the the lack of snow snow plow operators for the upcoming season. And people are beside themselves. They just can't understand. Okay. Well, these, the hero cookies this week goes out to the people that complain about snow plow drivers, period. Either they don't plow your street soon enough. They didn't plow it right. They pushed in the end of your driveway with all that extra snow or whatever, or you know what I mean. They're always fucking complaining. There's not enough snow plow drivers. There's not enough snow plows on the route. Blah, 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 blah. Are the same people that don't have fucking winter tires on their car. Oh, no, I have all seasons. I'll be fine. Let me tell you, hero, there's a big difference between all seasons and snow tires, okay? Get off your fucking wallet, you loser, and go get a set of snow tires. Also, and I said this right on Facebook, you are allowed, anybody is quite allowed to go and get their their in Ontario their DZ or their AZ AZ is for tractor trailers DZ is for a straight truck your Z is your air endorsement anybody is welcome to go and get their license and apply to drive a snowplow if you have such a problem with it okay if you have such a problem with the lack of snowplow drivers or the job that snowplow drivers do go and get your license okay go and get your license have your ruler your Pardon me. Have your winter ruined by being on call all the time in the winter. Have your winter ruined because you can't vacation. Go go away. Leave your family, your wife, and your kids. Leave them for hours on end while you literally, this is a little extreme, but while you literally risk your life plowing snow for idiots like you that all they want to do is complain. Okay, that's an option. Leave your family hours on end. Miss Christmas dinner. Miss New Year's because you can't drink because you might get called in to plow snow. Okay, miss your kids' hockey games, your kids' ballet lessons, piano recitals, whatever. Go out and get your license. Oh, well, it costs $10,000. So what? If it means that much to you, if it means that much to you that our snow plow operators do such a shitty fucking job, get out and show us how it's done. Stop complaining because I'll tell you something. You go out and get your truck license, get a license to drive a truck, your return on investment is is astronomical. There's me stretching. I must have been drinking a Heineken, stretching my vocabulary out there. Your return on investment is, at, is astronomical because if you have a license to drive a truck, as long as you are physically able, you will have a job for the rest of your life. The world will always need truck drivers. As a matter of fact, there is a big scare going on right now due to the lack of truck drivers. Why is there a lack of truck drivers? Why is there an impending, going to be an impending lack of truck drivers? That is up for debate that we are not going to get into. Okay? But to all you fucking heroes out there 
that like to tell the snowplow drivers that they're doing a shitty job, that there's not enough snowplow drivers. Yeah, same guys that are going to complain too when they do put more trucks on the road or they contract another company to come in and do it to help uh, lighten the load. Same guys that are going to complain because their taxes just went up. But they won't go, you know, drive a snowplow themselves. They don't like the way they plow the street. Well, I'll tell you what, dickhead. You get in that truck and you navigate your way around parked cars, garbage bins, garbage bags, because they always get a snowstorm on fucking garbage day. That goes without fail. You go and you navigate your way around a subdivision in a tractor or a truck or whatever they use to plow, and you show me, show the, show the other snowplow snow drivers how you can do it better. If you're not going to go out, okay, if you're not going to go out and get a job as a snowplow operator, I don't want to do it. I've plowed snow for a living. I'll never do it again. I hate it. I mean, I would do it in a pinch. If I needed to make some money, I'm not scared to go out and plow snow. But I have a whole new respect for snowplow operators. Okay, so you people that like to jump on social media and carve snowplow operators apart, here's your hero cookie. You want to be a bigger hero? Go out and get a job as a snowplow operator, you fucking dildos. God, nothing drives me more crazy than... Because, yeah, that's the other thing too. You got to have the road plowed so you can just, just so you can drive to Starbucks to pick up a fucking triple chai latte or whatever it is you drink. Because that's, that's a necessity, right? That's why you need the, the roads plowed on a Saturday morning. Your kid can miss hockey. Your kid can miss ballet, right? That's always the thing too. You guys that complain, you won't let your kid, you won't drive your kid to ballet or, or hockey or piano because the roads are bad. But when you need a coffee from Starbucks, you'll fucking drive. And it's a snowplow operator's fault that you can't get Starbucks to get your goddamn coffee because they didn't plow the fucking road right or they didn't plow the road at all. So you jump on Facebook and you're, oh, what is our region doing? Why can't there be more fucking snowplows on the road? This is a disgrace. I have places to go. Blah, blah, blah. You sure told your township. Let me tell you, thank God you were there to tell your township how you feel about their snowplow operators. God bless you. You really are the solution to the problem out there with plowing snow and making roads safe. You're a hero. Here's your hero cookie. So that's it. That's my hero cookie rant for the week. And guess what? That's also it for the Cox Talks podcast this week. I hope you enjoyed listening. Keep tuning in. Keep sending the feedback. Fan questions. Um, your beer. Your beer. Let me know what kind of a beer you want me to break down. It's it's drinker for you. Uh, fuck That came out like a dog's breakfast, but I'm sure you know what I was getting at. Love the fan feedback. You boys out there in Manitoba and Alberta, uh, you know who you are. You guys messaged me there a while ago. I hope you're still listening. I hope you're enjoying the show. Everybody else that's been a long-time listener, don't forget, jump on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and try and leave a re- try and leave a review, a like and a review. It helps pump me up in the ratings. And, uh, yeah, I'm having a blast doing it. This is episode 13 of the Cox Talks Podcast. Don't forget, tell your fucking friends. <laughs>